Hello, I'm Mariet Smeyman. Thanks for joining us on Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today we're focusing on cancer and other illnesses. Six ways to optimize your healing journey. My guest is Dr. Karl Piet van Eden, Integrative Practitioner from Johannesburg. Welcome, Karl Piet. Thank you so much, Mariette. It's an absolute honor to be here. Yes, uh, we met so many years ago. I was <laughs> really looking forward to reconnecting with you. Indeed. Just for our listeners, after our conversation, Karl Piet will give us his three best tips on Aikido. And then it will be fun question time. Coral Pitt, you worked as a legal business analyst until you got cancer. Please tell us about your journey. So the, the journey has been quite intense and, and um, one of many eye-opening moments. Um, yes, I was working as a legal BA um, for about six years and um, I've always been interested in healing arts and, and how one can, can help each other. And um, I then met my partner in the practice, Dr. Craig Golding, and six months later, I had I felt a, a lump in my chest, and that then turned out to be a pre-malignant tumor. So luckily, he's an integrative practitioner, and um, we then took care of the tumor on a more holistic basis than just reaching for the chemo and radiation. Um, I think it's important just from, from the get-go to say that we're not against chemo and radiation and allopathic medicine. Everything has its place. So um, you know, we, we honor the person. And um, for me, that journey was then just to cut it out and then look for the, the cause of the disease. And um, it was basically a detoxification error or mistake that, that my body makes uh, on a genetic level. And in that, we addressed the detox, uh, especially now on, on the hormonal status. And about eight years later, I got it again because I stopped taking care of myself. And that is where it, it became an absolute passion for me over the 10 years that it had happened to help other people through their own journeys and to honor again the person and to be able to tell them that, you know, you're not a piece of meat or just a file coming into our practice, that every person in our community becomes family almost. And we, we work on that level. It is a, a very disheartening process for many people if they are faced with terminal disease, the cancers, and all of these, these other big things that we're too scared to mention. And it became my, my calling in the practice to help people through that. Yes. Now, before we go further, for people who don't know what integrative medicine is, mm -hmm. could you please explain? Sure. So integrative medicine is a study of medicine that doesn't discount any form of healing. So we take a look at the person as an individual and we go up to genetic level if needed to work out a treatment protocol for you. And that would then include things like spiritual medicine and taking care of the mind. It's such a thing that we oftentimes forget uh, that the mind influences the body and the body influences the mind. So if we can start tapping into that, it just changes the outcome completely. 
Yeah, and you mentioned Dr. Craig Golding, mm-hmm. and then you also talk, talked about the practice. So as we go along, I'm sure you'll give us more information about that. Yeah, definitely. So Craig is an absolute gem in South Africa. He is currently the world's highest qualified integrative practitioner. So, um, you know, we, we learn a lot from each other. And he also teaches integrative medicine to other practitioners, which is very needed in South Africa. Would you like to say more at this stage about exactly what you do at the practice? Okay. So I'm not a medical doctor and I have to put that disclaimer in as well, just for for legal purposes. I am a doctor of ethnomedicine, so a natural doctor. And also then uh, my PhD was in counseling. So what happens in the practice is I look after patients from the mental, emotional, spiritual side and also then all the uh, procedures I look after. So if you are going to come for drips and and work with the nurses, I'll usually pop in just to make sure that you are okay. Um, If somebody comes to the practice and they have been diagnosed with a terminal disease, then they see see Craig for the the very medical side, Um, but his focus is that of doctor and let's look after the 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 physical and then people would then come to me and we would then look after the the other sides as well and integrate that into one but you also have a lot of insight into the physical side don't you yes i actually wrote a master's degree with craig for a university in america on integrative medicine so even though i'm not allowed to practice many things uh, i teach and i help teach and I help people to just understand the, the medical terms, um, translate that into Afrikaans or English or whichever language then they feel comfortable with. And I think that's a bonus for not having studied medicine. One just thinks about things differently. And if you can break down medical terms into pictures, then you are empowering the people that need to understand. Yes, so well put. Now, being diagnosed with cancer or any other dreaded disease is a great shock as you experienced yourself. Mm -hmm. And at the Grey Golding Medical Practice, patients are treated according to certain principles. Mm -hmm. I find these very interesting. Yes, so the biggest principle is that you are unique. Your genetic makeup is unique and then also your lifestyle is unique. So we would get identical twins with breast cancer in the left breast and the treatment might not be the same. So uh, we call that biochemical individuality. And things like what do you eat are questions that are not always asked, but that are really, really important. Because if we look at your immune system and, and cancer, well, most diseases, your immune system resides in your gut. So then what you eat is really, really important. And that then puts a lot of the responsibility on you as the patient or as the person to take control of your life. It is not a place where you stick out your arm and say, you know, give me a drip and make me better. It is a place where we work with you and we advise, but the ultimate choice on your treatment is yours. Um, and, And that is again, one of the big integrative principles. Now let's look at six practical ways that can help people who suffer from cancer or other illnesses to optimize their healing. Okay, so I'll list all six and then go into them. The first is nutrition and nutraceuticals. Then we look at the emotional links to disease, Reiki, 
NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, uh, meditation, and then blessings. So nutrition and nutraceuticals uh, are words that we hear thrown around a lot, especially now you have so many companies opening up with, with supplements and um, claiming very deep medical cures, which you can prove scientifically. But for us, it is really important to take a look at what do you eat? So in your nutrition, what effect is the food going to have on your body? It is not just I'm eating a tomato. I am heating up the tomato so that it will release lycopenes, which will help me uh, protect my body against prostate cancer. So, so it is actually teaching yourself about the medicinal value of food. The nutraceuticals is supplements. And that is then where you take the, the plant extracts and you swallow that either in pill form or in liquid form or in a powder. So those are concentrated plant extracts. Um, things like turmeric is not really absorbed readily into the body. So there you would need the extract, which is called curcumin, for example, to have maximum benefit of the anti-aging and the anti-inflammatory effects. Then we go into the emotional links and that is where we start moving into woo-woo land. Yes. <laughs> and it is beautiful. When we work with people, I tell them, you know, take what works for you. If you don't want to use the emotional links, then we don't work with that. We work with what you are comfortable with. So emotional links uh, work on energetic level and, and mental level. So we say that people who start suffering from uh, arthritis, for example, if you take a look back, then it is linked to self-esteem. And I always, when, when we work with, with the energy medicine, and we'll get into Reiki now, say that companies start telling you that you are not worthy of working for them anymore at the age where they start to prepare you from 50. And that is usually when arthritis starts presenting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that is a practical thing. And, and that is linked to self-esteem. So if we can start working on the self-esteem and make people aware of these links, then the, the healing takes place a lot easier. Um, healing, of course, doesn't always mean that you are going to survive. And that is a, a complete separate topic, but it is something that's really important. We don't go into any session saying you are going to be cured. Healing is, is a very personal journey as well. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'd like to say something about the emotional links to disease. Mm. I, I really respect that principle. Mm. And when I have a problem, I run to one of my books. One is by Louise Hay and there are others. Mm -hmm. And I look up the emotional yes. link. Yes. And then often there are things I know what the emotional links are and I still haven't been able to, you know, to really work with it. Mm -hmm. But I think it makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, cancer specifically has to do with self-hate and it might not be to yourself it might be a generational curse if we can call that where people keep on passing down that energy of, of self-loathing self-hate mm -hmm. um, self-blame even mm -hmm. it, it need not be loathing in, in, in that sense mm -hmm. um, and then when the body it, it presents, then oftentimes gives us a clue as to what people can work on. So um, I can share, I mean, my cancer was, was breast cancer and the first time it was on the right side. So that was 
not being able to give or knowing how to give nurturing to others and mistranslating that into things that were not always healthy. Uh, the left side, which was very interesting for me, was, was the second time. And that's when I stopped taking my medication. I stopped eating right because, you know, eight years down the line, why would you need to do it again? And you become lazy and complacent. So for me, it was one of the biggest gifts ever to, to get the cancer again. So that it was just, yeah, that wake up call of you're not looking after yourself properly. And this is what happens. So emotional links are phenomenal um, if people want to go into that. Reiki then is, is then what, what leads from that. And Reiki is an energy healing modality where you connect with pure source energy. And people can translate that in whatever way they want to. If they want to call it universal energy, uh, that is what the, the literal translation is. Rei meaning honor and Ki is universal energy. So honoring energy. And we then can go and as a Reiki practitioner, you learn how to feel and sense energy blockages in the body. And we can then help release on, on emotional and sometimes physical level as well. Yes, and you, are, you and I will do a separate podcast on Reiki, mm. which will be published a little while after this one. Great, that'll be fun. Uh, and then we can go deep into woo-woo land with that one. NLP then is neuro-linguistic programming and other than Reiki we work with studied principles when we work with neuro-linguistic programming and that is basically changing the subconscious response to an external stimulus so we can for example let go of trauma very easily by using NLP principles it is not something where you have to go and sit in the trauma and relive that trauma over and over for months. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that approach either. NLP is just a lot quicker in my mind. And um, if it doesn't work, we try the next exercise. Uh, there's a book that I read recently that had over 300 NLP exercises in it. So it's, it's touch and go and see what works for the person. And it's using hypnotic language to access the subconscious. So we play silly games, and when the game is over, a person feels better. So what is hypnotic language? Hypnotic language would be something like, don't think of a pink elephant. Ah. <laughs> Immediately. Um, or using the word imagine. If you start your sentence with the word imagine, you open up the subconscious for any uh, programming then. We see it happening in marketing so much these days where they, you don't want to buy something, but when you walk out of the shop, you have bought something. <laughs> and, and that is a, a use of NLP in a marketing uh, uh, environment. We just use it for counseling. Yeah. Then we get into meditation. Now, for me, meditation is not sitting and staring at a candle chanting Om. Uh, it can be that and it's beautiful and it works for many people but many people get put off by that idea because it doesn't resonate with their belief systems and they might think that it'll open up doors to energies that they don't want so meditation in my mind is anything that will open up the mind to connection or disconnection so 
uh, Aikido that we, we mentioned earlier is a way for me to meditate because I tie up my body so much in physical action that, that, that my mind goes away. Music is the other thing. Um, if I know a piece very, very well and I play it on the piano, I cut out and I become conscious again at the end of the music. And that is usually when the music was played best, but my mind was free to think about other things. So you go on the most beautiful journeys and that you can then apply to cancer and other terminal disease. It's just to let go of all those worries and everything that keeps you earthbound and realize that there, there are many lessons maybe in what you are going through and it's just transitory. It's not something that's going to be permanent. So the meditation that I do now on a daily basis is called Zazen. And that is a, a Buddhist meditation that our uh, uh, Catholic order asks us to do when you become a monk. And it's, the translation is only just sit. So you don't think about anything, you just sit and breathe. And it's extremely difficult. But it is a beautiful thing, even if you just reach that moment for two or three seconds uh, in a day. It's complete reset of, of energies. So meditation to me is a really important thing in whatever way you can do it. Right. I have a question <laughs> and that is you talked about meditation creating connection or disconnection. <laughs> Could you talk about those two a little more? Okay. So, the connection would be to either your higher self, to the universe, to God, whatever you want to express in that. Um, and that's something we are scared to mention when we talk about disease and we come to a medical practice. We want to leave our deity and our religion or spiritual beliefs outside the door. It doesn't make sense to me at all because it is part of the journey. So even if you are an atheist, there will be benefit to meditation and bringing that belief in as well because it starts for, for me if I know what your, your spiritual ideas are more or less then we can work with that and through the NLP um, prime your body for the healing so if you don't believe in anything we work with that if you are Hindu or Buddhist or Catholic or Muslim or Jewish doesn't matter but we work with that and then we use that to connect you with a purpose, if that makes sense. And then the disconnect is to disconnect from the bad, from the body, to help you release that that's keeping you from living your, your perfect life, which might be a life with disease. Thank you. And my other question, if people come to you, you see people mm -hmm. with, say, cancer, mm -hmm. and they have never meditated, mm -hmm. how do you get them to do that easily. Okay, so that is where things like Inside Timer will come in really beautifully. Now you must explain what Inside Timer <laughs> is. Inside Timer is an app that you download on your phone and it has over a hundred thousand guided meditations and, and uh, music pieces for different outcomes. So you download the app and then there is a section for beginners and you find something that resonates with you. So um, I'm one of the, the teachers or coaches on there. And because my meditations are very Catholic based, you 
tend to attract a specific group of people. So you find your tribe there. And the idea is then to see if you can meditate on a daily basis. It keeps track. So it, it uses our drive to get little stars. And <laughs> if, you, if you meditate for 10 days, you get a little yellow star and you build that up. Um, so so they, they gamified it, which helps for some people. And um, you connect with the most amazing people on that app. It's, it's not like Facebook where you have the, the constant interaction, but it lists who meditated with you across the globe when you come out of the meditation. So it's, it's really nice to, to connect with that. There are meditations for sleep, for example, um, yoga nidra and, and some really amazing things. There are some cancer meditations as well. Um, I'm busy putting together a course on Insight as well, which will be a 10 day journey through cancer. So, um, yeah, Insight Timer is a, a beautiful resource to help you with meditation. Yes, and if I understand correctly, then it's a free app, mm -hmm. but the courses, you pay for the courses. You pay That's for the courses. So, um, it's a thousand rand a year, then you can access all of the courses, which yeah. I think is, is yeah. not that bad. Yeah. yeah. But then also in meditation, we then tell people, why don't you garden? Gardening is such a meditative process. So uh, find what works for you. So um, last night I did a session again on Insight uh, uh, on the rosary, where we prayed a rosary for peace. That is a beautiful meditation that you can do. And it takes half an hour. And because you're busy with something the whole time, through that repetition, you then access what one would call a higher level of consciousness, I think. Yeah, and this also has physical benefits, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Meditation um, has been proven to bring down cortisol, so, so less stress. And if there's less stress on the body, your inflammation markers should go down, and that will then prime the body for healing. Yeah. And then the last thing of, of the six practical ways is the concept of blessing or mindfulness. That Same thing, I think many people have been hurt by their religious institutions, so they want to move away from the word blessing and, and praying, and they have substituted the exact same thing with the word mindfulness. But I ask people, do you bless your food? And it's interesting that in some way or another, about 90% of people are mindful or they bless or Reiki or whatever their food before eating it. And the next question is, do you do the same with your medicine? No, I never thought of that. <laughs> it is such a powerful, powerful thing because it goes in the same way. And it also needs to be, it's, it's concentrated foods and minerals. So why not bless it? Because in that blessing, your subconscious responds by accepting it and doing it and, and using it for what it should be used for. Um, the same thing, if people do go for chemo and radiation, we see a lot of patients to help them through that journey, even though most of the oncologists would, would chase the patients away if they knew that they came to us. But people would say, I hate my chemo. So your subconscious is going to reply on, and respond by trying to get rid of that from the body. What I then suggest is take a cokey pen and write a blessing on your chemo bag or a sticker or something nice so that your subconscious you might not like it, but the subconscious will then accept it and then one can work through the side effects a lot easier. 
Can you mention any physical way that we know that when we bless, for instance, our food, that it changes the food? So that the biggest way would be water. And Dr. Miyamoto did some amazing work on if you were to speak certain words over water um, of love and of healing and high vibrational words and you freeze that water, it would the, the crystalline structure is completely different to water that had been cursed and had bad words or less than light words uh, uh, spoken over it. So we are mostly made up of water. So if we can if we can utilize that same principle um, in the water and in ourselves, we can then change the structure for the healing. It's it's a lot less jagged that the, the, the crystals are. Same with food, it contains a lot of water. So I think that to me is, is one of the big keys. And if you bless the, the water in different ways, um, it's an interesting thing how the, the, the hardness of water changes if you make it holy water, for example. It's, it's a lot smoother to drink and you will put two glasses next to each other and there's, there's a definite change. And with pure gratitude for this food or water, would that, that also constitute a blessing? Yes, yes. Gratitude is one of the highest forms of blessing. Mm. Especially if, again, you take control of your knowledge of the food. Um, if you know that broccoli helps your liver detoxify, then it's going to help or work even better. So again, I'm not just blessing the broccoli, I'm blessing my detox agents. Mm. You know, you can go down a, a deep rabbit hole with this and, and get focused on what every food does. And it's a beautiful journey. But also just saying thank you, is it's more than enough. And that's where, again, each person is on their own journey. So we need to honor that. Now, you once mentioned that the best way to fight cancer is never to get it. And my question is, how can these tips and tools help us stay healthy? Okay. Um, yeah, the best way to fight cancer is never to get it is, is one of the big tenets that, that Dr. Golding teaches his students even. And that brings us into the world of preventative medicine. And um, if we take a look at the, the six tips, if I eat properly, that, that to me would be one of the biggest things to focus on. What I fuel my body with is going to have a direct impact on the outcome. If we drive a car, we're not going to put gunk in it, mm -hmm. but we do the same with our bodies though. And, and it's, it, it comes down to programming and marketing. And you know, I, I sit here and I talk about all these beautiful things. I still eat wrong. Um, I'm, I'm not a, a poster child for, for health. So we just try and do the best that we can. Um, that also being said, things like cancer, you get cancer on a daily basis. So you oftentimes have cells that do not replicate properly and your immune system is just strong enough to kill them. So let's build the immune system again through our nutraceuticals and nutrition. Um, looking at our emotional state, the more stress we have, the more cortisol we have in the body and the more prone we are to get disease. Reiki, NLP, you know, keeping yourself healthy. Reiki and NLP are not exercises necessarily to get you out of disease. 
they, they help with that. But if you can remain healthy, when you then do get the disease, the healing is a lot easier. Um, meditation and blessing, exactly the same things. So it is all about implementing things now, building up your stores for if you do get uh, certain disease states, that you don't have to deplete your batteries too much. And, and that is the way that I see a lot of these diseases. You have a, like a cell phone, you have a specific charge. And every time you have to go for therapy, and every time you get sick, you lessen that charge. But we oftentimes then forget to plug back in. So one could perhaps think of these six things, which I will list uh, in the article under the podcast. There will be an article um, including the podcast on my website. And I think one can look at them and maybe choose one and yeah. start a habit yes. around it. Yes. Maybe like blessing your food and meds. Yeah. And then maybe later you can add another one. Definitely. I mean, it's not all or nothing. Mm. Uh, and again, that's an integrative principle. Let's work with what works for you. Mm. And if you don't want to do all, th all six, don't. I know a lot of people are scared of Reiki because of the idea of energy is not something, especially in, in Afrikaans, uh, South African culture, working with energy is seen as something verging on um, wrongness. Let, let's call it wrongness. So if you don't want to do Reiki, don't, but just start looking after yourself better. Mm. Yeah, that's the main thing. Mm. Now. I was fortunate to see what you do at the Craig Golding Medical Practice and there are many ways in which patients are supported, once mm. again according to what suits every individual. Mm. So some of these ways are rather unusual. <laughs> yes. Um, we are both very much geeks, Craig and myself, so we love our toys and medicinal toys and what we do is we bring together ancient knowledge with very very high-tech uh, uh, toys and my absolute favorite of them is the laser therapy now um, it's not cutting lasers it is what they call low-level laser therapy or photobiomodulation now it's a massive word but if you break it down photo meaning light bio life and modulation is is change so using light to change life and it is based on technology from Russia that had been in use for 30, 35 years already. There's so much information, I think, from, from Russia that we are missing out on because we can't read properly. Yes. Um, so we met Dr. Michael Weber in a uh, cab in Kuala Lumpur one year, and he had developed a machine that uses specific wavelengths of photons in essence lasers to have different outcomes on the body. Now, they've been using laser in medicine for many, many years. The problem is that with your uh, higher wavelengths, you don't get penetration through the body. So a blue laser, for example, only penetrates about two millimeters and then it starts burning. Is that what they use for cutting? Yes, so, so they would use the, the, the reds and um, I think maybe infrareds as well, but just a, a lot stronger. So where we go up to 100 milliwatts, they would do 30, 40 watts. So it's the same wavelength, just with a lot more energy. Um, 
you can almost see it as the speed at which the photon enters the body is a lot faster. So it will then break through. It's, it's slightly more technical than that, where, where it, be, it comes down to the heat that is generated. But with, with our laser then, what, what Dr. Weber did is he developed a way then to get it inside the body. So what we can now do is we put a needle into the, the arm, like you would for a normal drip, and then instead of the, the drip set, we then put a piece of fiber optic cable into the vein, and we connect that to the device. And through that, then, we can shine different wavelengths of laser. Each wavelength then has a different effect. So the, the reds and infrareds are very strong anti-inflammatory. And because you treat the blood, it goes throughout the whole body. So we've, you see how the inflammation can drop. Um, it also promotes microcirculation. And the yellow laser, for example, would then help with vitamin D and with your mind. So, so it helps with serotonin release and also for chronic pain. So for different people, we would then use different uh, strengths of the laser and uh, different frequencies even. And that's the, the next step of the medicine. So now we have light traveling at a specific wavelength. And this is really deep geek world. <laughs> and we're moving out of medicine and into physics and then we add frequencies so we inject the photon at a frequency to bring certain things change in the body as well we all vibrate at different levels and each cell has more than one frequency that it vibrates at so they have then isolated different frequencies that we can use for healing um, one of the devices that I use for that, uh, we use to, to help people reverse Alzheimer's, for example. It's a helmet that you put on and it shines 320 LEDs into the brain uh, at specific frequencies to then help with, with regeneration of the brain. And that is our absolute passion, is regeneration of people. We can go on, there's so yes, many different- mention a little more. Many, many toys there. Um, platelet-rich plasma that we do uh, people who need knee operations you know before you have cut it might be a good, good idea to try a needle first it's still not fun but we do a, an extract of your blood and we inject that where the the healing needs to take place and again we use the laser to activate your platelets for example now is that before the operation or instead of the operation could be instead it could also be post. So my mother had a shoulder op and we then had a, a PRP session for her afterwards, which then helped her healing along quite, quite swiftly. Um, the other thing that I'm very passionate about is stem cell therapies. So somebody would go for liposuction and I would get a tub of fat. And from that fat, then we extract stem cells and we can inject it into a degenerative spine and help people regenerate the spine. If there's something to work with, we can then help with, with that regeneration, yeah. Quite unusual. <laughs> yes, but so fun, so mm. fun. And the extraction process is what makes it quite unique. Uh, we don't use enzymes. In South Africa, the law states that if you, if you do add an enzyme, you have to register that enzymatic fat or whatever as a medicine so you run into a lot of challenges there with us 
we use sound and frequencies. So the, the fat actually gets suspended in a water bath and we then send a specific frequency through which does the extraction. Now, the big question that you did touch on mm -hmm. is that the outcome of healing sometimes is not life or living. This is from a spiritualist point of view. You know, we're all going to die. So what our take on that is, let's try and die with dignity, without pain. Um, that one day you would go to bed at a very old age and then just not wake up the next morning. And that is our principle in, in the practice as well. Uh, I always tell patients as well in, in when we have our first session, we can't promise you a cure. We can promise you a hell of a fight. And then we start talking about death. Because it's something that we try and not think about while we are, are alive. A terminal disease or other diseases gives us this, this rare opportunity to actually look at death and dying from a practical point of view. Um, there are exercises that you can then run with people where you create your legacy or where they create their legacy. You choose what people say at your funeral. And again, that's not something we, we want to think about, but do you want the minister or whoever does your funeral to say something that's got no bearing on your life at all um, and if we can start working on that what do i leave behind do i have a favorite recipe that i would like to give my children or um, silly things like that but i just see so many times people come to us after somebody has passed away and they say i wish they had left me this information and this knowledge so for us that is in its own right healing is to write down what your life is all about and not only when you're sick i'm busy running through that process myself and it is it's quite harsh on if you write your own eulogy what do you want people to remember you for and lessons that you've had to learn along the way and people and yourself that you've had to forgive um, it becomes quite the, the powerful journey which then again you can revisit over and over again as life happens. So yeah, that is, for me, healing is, is not just the physical body, it's, it's looking at everything, no matter what the outcome is. Yes, and you also work with the loved ones of patients that have mm -hmm. passed away, don't you? Definitely. Grieving and bereavement is, again, something that we don't want to talk about. Yet, again, it is such a needed thing. In our practice, then, I am blessed enough to be able to hold people's hands through that and just create space for them to be. So we will never tell somebody that you have X amount of time left to live. The worst that we tell our patients is that you are very sick. And then we start preparing the family for if they do pass away. Um, I'm not sure if I uh, shared with you a while ago that we had a gentleman who was starting to get better and we got medicine we had to get it in from germany and he responded so well to this therapy and 
three weeks into his therapy, he had a fall, bumped his head and died from the fall. Mm. And that was such a bummer for us all. I was actually quite upset with him for falling because we had worked so hard, not in just getting the medicine, but working with him. And he had come in three times a week for therapy. So he was committed and then he dies of something completely different. And the lesson that we took from that, and I, I spoke to one of the children later on, was that he died with hope. And that changed the whole way the family dealt with the grieving and the death. Um, what we can then also do, of course, is uh, assist with the funerals. And again, that, that sounds very dark and twisted, but if you can get somebody to do your fu funeral who actually knew you and knew part of your journey, it changes that to a, a, a very holy experience. So. Yeah, we work with the families on whatever level they, they need. So it sounds to me that no matter what happens, the thing is that you like to make the quality of it mm -hmm. different or yeah. holy, as you say. Exactly. And, and holy, we can remove from a, a religious point of view, holy like in wholeness. Um, yes, making a change. And all that we do, and, and my focus is to step out of the way. To, to let ego stand outside and just create a space where the person can be whole in whatever way they need to be. If that is death, then so be it. They can be whole in anguish even. But to be able to live in that moment perfectly and not worrying about other people judging you, is it's such a powerful modality almost, if, if one wants to call it that. And that is, that's my practice focus completely. Beautifully said. Thank, Thank you. you. So Carl Pitt, where can people learn more about your work? Okay, so um, we will post the websites, um, but they can have a look at goldinginstitute.com. That is where we teach other practitioners and you don't have to be a doctor to attend the training. We've had housewives do the training. Really? Yeah. So even if you can't practice a lot of things, having knowledge about the gut and having knowledge about um, hormones even, is it's invaluable for families, I think. And then drcgolding.co.za, that is where Dr. Craig's uh, information is listed. Um, my own website is drcarl.com. And um, that's more on the, the mind and, and energy side. So yeah, any, any one of those, we are also on Facebook. You can just search for Dr. Craig Golding Medical Practice. And there we share videos and information. Also on Buzzsprout. So, so we have our own podcast series. Um, we had about 28 episodes and the new season is going to start soon on practical applications of, of, of medicine. So um, the one is called Coffee with Dr. Golding. And that's where we literally sit and we discuss medicine. Initially, it started for, for doctors and practitioners. So that the talks that we have is quite deep and intense in medicine. But many people actually understand it. I think many doctors forget that patients are smart <laughs> and they're people as well. Um, we need to get out of the, the God complex of doctors 
So yes, we've, we've got Coffee with Dr. Golding, which is quite a, a fun chat that we have. Yes, we'll add the links. And then I'd just like to mention that Craig is spelt with an E. Yes. So uh, if, if you do a search, do C-R-A-I-G-E. Mm -hmm. His father didn't know how to spell his name <laughs> when he registered, apparently. <laughs> now, another question I had, or a, a comment. You've composed music for a CD called In the Hands of God. Mm -hmm. Please tell us more about that. So one of my very, very dear friends, Reverend Cindy Paulos from Maui, has been writing poems and, and messages that she channels every day for over 50 years now. And Cindy's sister passed away from cancer last year. And when she published the next day's poem, the music immediately sprang up in my head. So um, In the Hands of God was born. So we recorded about six songs uh, that we wrote together. She wrote the lyrics and, and myself the music. And a child time dream of mine came true that I never knew I had. Um, my absolute favorite movie of all time is Sister Act. And Cindy somehow got connected with one of the nuns from the movie, who was also the vocal coach. Oh. And she recorded the, the, the album for us. So uh, Darlene Koldenhofen was then the, the lead vocalist on this whole journey. And we got a beautiful person to do our arrangements as well, Stephen Melillo. And we just, yeah, worked very, very well together. And um, it's available on iTunes and most of the streaming services. Uh, yeah, just search for In the Hands of God. The idea for the album was to help people through the traumatic times that we are moving through at the moment. Initially, I thought it needed to sound like a cathedral and very etheric, Celtic uh, influence. And then Darlene was the one who said, but let's make it lower. Not because I can't sing the, low, the, the high notes, but let's make it music that people can sing with and that you can use in a mass or something like that. So it, it changed the energy of the music completely, but it's still, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful album. And hopefully it makes a change in people's lives. So um, I never thought that, that I would be doing albums um, and uh, yeah, it just happened. And that you're also an ordained priest. You must tell us about <laughs> your order. Yes, so I am a priest um, and the, the chancellor for the white-robed monks of St. Benedict in South Africa. Um, we are a monastic Catholic order. And what people don't always realize is that there are many orders other than the Roman Catholic jurisdiction. So our jurisdiction is based on the old Catholic uh, way uh, or the Dutch Catholics. So we have only two rules in, in our order. The first rule is the rule of St. Benedict because we are Benedictine and that says listen or it starts with the word listen, ausculta. And then our second rule is that Jesus never said no to anybody. So if that is true, we then have to offer the sacraments to any person who asks for them. I don't ask what your religion is or what your spiritual beliefs are. If you come for any of the seven sacraments, um, I will then offer them to you. So that is why we do the most beautiful weddings, for example, interfaith weddings, 
it's one of my favorite things to do to see how people use different translations of God and make up their own in their family. So yeah, we, we do weddings and funerals and baptisms and house blessings, um, anything that people want. And then there's of course, as, as a, a Catholic priest, you offer the Eucharist or Mass on a daily basis. So you give up your life in service. And those services is daily prayer and um, making sure that, that you know, people are prayed for. So if people have prayer requests, they can send that through to us as well. And you explained to me that even though it's a monastic order, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you live in a monastery. Yes. So our monastery, we see as the earth. And we go wherever we are needed. So, and that's again where it's slightly different to most of your, your full-time monks. You still, you're a full-time monk, but you live out in the world. So you have your nine to five job if you want to. If you make your living just by being a priest or a monk, that's also fine. Um, we are all self-sufficient. So there's no salary that is linked to this. Uh, you don't get an income from your church. We actually tend to pay in to be priests, um, which it takes away a lot of the negative connotations, I think, that, that you see so many times that unfortunately people use religion to become rich. And uh, we, we want to break down those barriers and reconnect people to the beauty of the Christ consciousness and of unconditional love. Now we come to Aikido and your three best tips and you must also explain how you came to be involved. When I came up to Johannesburg or Pretoria from, from Bethlehem um, after studying, I had to leave my piano behind and I was used to you know, training three hours a day and I needed something to fill that discipline and I chanced on Aikido which is the spiritual art of um, fighting or the way of spiritual harmony is one of the other translations. And yes, I started training in that and ended up with my own do uh, dojo or club. And um, unfortunately now COVID happened, so we are on the back foot with that. But Aikido taught me on many, many different levels. You know, it's, it's a very spiritual martial art, so you, you still fight. But the uh, aim of Aikido is peace. And, and that's where the, the three tips came from. So the first one is to find a club that focuses on injury prevention. It doesn't help if you, you go into clubs that focus on fighting and, and competition. Traditionally, Aikido doesn't have any competition. So find a club that focuses on safety. That's to me one of the most important things. And then don't be afraid to enter into an attack. We are usually taught to run away and in Aikido you then learn to overcome your fight and flight response and through repetition you will then step into the attack and harmonize with your attacker which is it's quite a beautiful thing to see and then offer yourself fully to the training half of the art of Aikido is learning how to fall and 
it has so many connotations. If, if I know that I can fly through the air and fall and get back up again, my subconscious response to falling in anything in life is I'll be okay. So uh, yeah, those are three tips in Aikido that are training based, but also translatable into English. Yeah, and once again, has an impact on the way you live your yes, life. Yes, most definitely. We forget that everything affects everything. And we want to compartmentalize life into little boxes or silos. And over the past two years, I think we've seen that it doesn't work that way anymore. So if we can start breaking down those silos and ripping down the curtains of being disparate, I think we can live very peaceful lives. Yes. And now it's time for your fun question. Okay. So, for ages humans sat around fires and they bonded through storytelling and I suppose just being together in that space. Mm -hmm. Imagine, Coral Pit, you could reintroduce each human to the magic of fire. Can you think of a way, and I'm saying imagine, so you can use your imagination, that each human could be reintroduced to this very special atmosphere? <laughs> it's interesting, because I, I have been staring at flames a lot the past week or two. Um, it's something that doesn't exist. The flame, it's there, but also it, there's nothing that sustains it other than the thing that grows it. Um, so if we look into the flame, it represents creation. And for me, that is what I would teach people, is, is to look at that fire and see that it needed a spark, but from that spark, it uses whatever there is to then create heat. And we oftentimes just see the destruction that fire causes, but the energy of fire is pure creation. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this session. Thank and you. For what you brought to the table. It was really a lot of fun. Thanks. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in upping your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneyman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, and the music is by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9 